Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Okay, so the last time we were Joseph, guess what? He was being sold to who? To the Ishmaelites as they came across their desert making their way to Egypt. Okay, so get your mindset on that, okay? And still, uh, and, and instead of killing their baby brother, they decided to, to sell him and make some money. We see the story in Genesis 37. Listen to this. And, and it says, and the brothers sat down to eat. Okay, so they all sat down to eat a meal. They opened up their Lunchables. Okay, that's what they're doing. Joseph is in a pit. He's in a pit, okay? They threw their brother in a pit, and so they're, they're opening their Lunchables. Some of them had soup. I don't know. But they lifted their eyes, and, and, and they say, look, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Judah, we saw Judah last week, right? Not the, not the most spiritual brother. And Judah says, hey, hey, hey. What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not let our hand be upon him. For he is our brother, he is our flesh. And his brothers, listen, that means they were like, okay. The Midianite traders, okay, passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and he sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Now, remember, last week we took a detour. We talked about Judah. That was very interesting. But here's what we find out. We find out that Joseph was sold to the Ishmaelites on their way to Egypt for a mere 20 bucks. You can't even get a pizza for 20 bucks these days, right? I mean, a good pizza. So for, for less than a, than a pizza, there goes their bro. Bye, Joseph. Bye. Well, what's dad doing? Well, dad thinks that that his son Joseph was killed. His tunic torn and bloodied by his brothers. So from the pit, Joseph is now headed to Egypt. Now, think about this, okay? This is important. He's only 17 years old, okay? Everybody say 17. Why is that important? Why? Because he's 17, he's a teenager, and now he's facing a brand new world in a brand new way. I want you to feel the weight of what's going on right here. They pull him out of the pit and they say, 20 bucks, you're being sold. What? Here, feel, you guys feel the weight of that? Now, here's what I want you to see. Joseph, what was he thinking? Oh, maybe maybe my brothers were just messing around. You know how you know how brothers are. Oh, they're just kidding. Okay, they left me in the pit for just a little while. Okay, guys, it's all fun until somebody gets hurt, and and so now they're pulling him up, but now he's being sold to a band of Midianites, and he's he doesn't know they're headed to Egypt, so he's going, what's going on? And so here's the question I have for you, right off the bat. You go, what's that? How? How will Joseph react? You you go, what do you mean? Will he embrace his new normal and make the best of it? 
Or will this 17-year-old pout and whine and complain and be miserable for the rest of his life? You go, Ben, well, that's a fair question. Well, let me give you a spoiler alert, okay? Everybody, just think about this. We know that God was with Joseph. Can I get an amen? We know that he made the best of every situation, and we know that even in prison, he made a positive impact. Okay, that's a spoiler alert. That's what he did. You go, okay, I get that. But I think there's some great application for us. You go, how so? Well, let's pull it. Let's pull it. Let's dig deep, okay? As we head into Egypt, you go, what do you mean? Well, a world in which we do not know. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about? The world we live in today is not one we know. We constantly look for our phone to see what the update might be. We constantly look at our governing authorities to kind of go, okay, what's going to happen next? We go into the grocery store where every single person is covered up. We can't see anybody smiling anymore. We can't see anybody's facial expressions. Guys, this is how God made us. God made us just like this. We can't do that. It's a new world. And we, too, feel the weight of what's happening in the world. For some people, it's anxiety. For some people, it's stress. For some people, it's just... Listen, there was somebody on Facebook the other day. I don't know how true it is. You decide. If it's on Facebook, it's got to be true. No, I'm not saying that. But you know what I'm saying, right? Here's what I'm saying. A a man stood and said, I lost my son to COVID, but not how you think. And then he goes on to describe, I think it's 12 or 13-year-old, who took his own life due to the stress of all that was going on in the world. It's ridiculous. This is, this is different from us. You go, okay, okay, Ben, I got it, man. Okay, enough of that. But, but here's my question. We too feel the weight of what's happening in the world. So here, here's my question to you. How will we as believers react? You go, what do you mean, Pastor. Will we embrace our new opportunities and make the best of it with the time we have left? Or will we pout and whine and complain our displeasure and will make every comment on Facebook and be miserable for the foreseeable future? How are we going to react? See, Joseph is feeling the same thing. He doesn't know what's coming. Hey, Joe. Hey, Joe. Yeah. What, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? I don't know. Where are you headed? I'm headed to Egypt. Egypt has always been a type of the world. I have no idea, right? That's what Joe's feeling. My brothers can't count on them. I'm headed. And so, and so now you and I, we're being thrust, if you will, into a new world. And so the thing is, hey, 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 Joe. Joe Mabry, what are you going to do tomorrow? I don't know. What's going to happen? Hey, want to play golf next week? Well, I would hope so, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Guys, think about what's going on here. And so when I thought about this, we as believers, here's what I would love to do. I would love for every one of us to, what? To embrace the new opportunities that God is giving us. You go, well, like, but what comes to mind? Well, what comes to mind is one of, of Adam's favorite scriptures. That one comes to mind. You go, how so? Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Right? God doesn't give us that spirit of fear. We're not driven by fear. But what did he give us, Adam? He said he gave us what? 
but a power and love and a sound mind. Okay? That's what God gave us. That's this what moving forward in our world. It's unknown. I don't know what's gonna, I don't know what we're gonna do, but I know this. He's given me what? He's given me a, a, a spirit of power. A power. That means, listen, power to protect us. To protect us. I need that power to be protected. I want my loved ones to be protected. I am so tired of our loved ones and people. I mean, oh, yeah, they got it. They go there. And so I always ask the question, are they sick? Are they, like, really sick? Or did they just test positive? Oh, some, some of them are like, well, they just test positive, but they're fine. Others are like, oh, no, man, they're sick. I have a dear friend. I have a dear friend who just lost her mom a year ago. And her daddy's in the hospital. I mean, I feel, oh, okay, okay, but he, but he didn't give me a spirit of fear. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, amen? That's not what God gave us, okay? So, so where are we looking? He gave me a spirit. He's going to protect me. He's going to protect me. He can, guys, and does protect us from a lot of things. He protects us from colds. He protects us from flus. He protects us from plagues and viruses. God's going to do that. But he also, what? He also has given us the power to heal, even if we do get such things. You go, how so? It may not be supernatural, but you know what it means? It means that God made your immune system so that you can heal. That's how God made us, so that we can heal from these things. How many flus have you had over your lifetime? How many colds? How many straps? How many? Oh, wait, God's, God is so cool. God is so amazing. He designed our immune system so that we can fight off these things. Amazing. He gives us what? A spirit of love. Of love. Guys, as we, as we, I guess the best word is hurdle. As we hurdle into a new world, we need to, we need as believers to walk in love. That spirit of love. If you're on Facebook or Instagram, guys, and, and there's some, just read the comments and you can see, man, there's, there's hurting angry people out there. I cannot believe that. But we, we, we need to walk in love. So I'd have to ask the question, Ben, yes, what are you doing to show love? What are you doing to show love? I, the first thing I need to remember, first thing I need to remember, is that everybody's so stressed out that even if it's not a big deal, it could turn into a big deal. Okay, think, think before you speak, Ben. Think. Okay, show love. Show love. And then he's also given us what a sound mind. A sound mind. Disciplined. Exercise of self-control. So again, this is the first thing. Okay, so God doesn't give me a spirit of fear. Okay, but he also told me about, he also gave me Philippians 121. Philippians 121, and Paul is writing to the Philippian church. Guess what he says? In Philippians 121, he says, for to, for to me to live is Christ, to die is gain. And we go, amen. Right, right. I got one amen. Okay, the rest of you are asleep. Okay, wake up. Now, here's the thing. The key word is live for me for to me to live 
is Christ. This is so important. In other words, we are to live, we are to work, we are to share Christ. Yeah, Ben, but I live in Texas. Everybody's a believer here in Texas. No, 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 no. Share, share the experience that you've had with Jesus, how he transformed your life. Listen, we can sit down and we can debate the Bible all day long. I need to show you what God has done in my life for real. I need to show you what, man, I once was. You don't understand, right? I grew up in the West Side. I mean, I was involved. In, man, this is what God did. He changed my life. Man, this is, this is what God, and, and so I need to just share that. I just need to share. I just need to tell you what, it, yeah, well, what church you go to? Man, it's not even about church. It's about Jesus. Because church doesn't save us, does it? Jesus saves us. Now, if you want to come hang at our church, man, we got the best church in Lubbock with the best people in Lubbock. So, hey, you want to hang here? That's cool. But for me to live as Christ to die is, to die is gain? Yeah. Yeah, like like while I'm here, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna live because when I die, that's that's all that's that's the best that I want. Well, Ben, do you do you have a death wish? I don't have a death wish. Listen, let's can I be funny and real at the same time? I'm not licking doorknobs. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to lick doorknobs and get sick and, and die. That's not us. But what it is, guys, is I know that one day I'm gonna go. Another breath is not going to come in. And then I'm going to be there. And just like in my dream, guys, man, clouds and rain and earthquake. Jesus is coming. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Now, here's the problem. This is, this is very hard to do, is it not? What do you mean? This is very hard to do if we're focused on things down here. If we're focused on what's going on, very hard to do. I wonder what kind of heart Joseph had. To be thrust into the unknown and yet bring glory to God in every situation. Not only that, but to forgive his brothers for what they all did. Let that sink in, right? Let me, let me give you a quick glimpse into his heart, okay? Genesis chapter 50, verse 20 says this, but as for you, he's talking to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about, as it is this day, to save many people alive. I'm like... My heart exploded because I want the heart of Joseph. If I'm, if I'm being truthful with you, the fact that my brothers threw me in the pit, I'd be whining. And I'd be crying. Now I'm being sold to a band of, of Midianites and I'm going to Egypt. Guess what? But who would I be complaining to? God, I can't believe this. God, it's all your fault, God, and I can't believe my brother. And, and, and that would be our hearts, would it not? But I want the heart of Joseph. Why? Well, here's what I've learned. Guys, his eyes were on God and the good God brings. So when it comes to the news, 
I think it's one thing to be informed, but it's a whole other thing to be influenced by the news. Man, let that sink in. It's one thing to go, okay, I want to know what's going on, right? We make plans with the weather. Hey, is there sun? Okay, is there rain? Man, I can get barbecue if there's rain. I mean, I understand that. But, but, but to allow the news to influence us. What the world, guys, what the world means for evil, God's going to turn it around to save many lives. I would love for us to start looking at What's going on in the world through the eyes of God? God, how, what do you want to do with this? What do you want to do? How, how do you want to, how, 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 ooh, what a great opportunity, right? Tell me, help me, help me out here, okay? Can I get a witness? How many conversations have you had about COVID? Isn't it every conversation? Hey, how you doing? Oh, about that, how about that COVID? And it always starts out, we have more conversations. Guys, imagine if we preach the gospel like we talked about COVID. What if we use COVID-19 as a, as a springboard to talk about the gospel? Wow. How about that? Yeah. Did you see the numbers today? Yeah, let me tell you about numbers. It's a book in the Bible. No, I'm just going all, all rapping, rapping on you. But you guys know what I'm saying, right? You guys know what I'm saying. I mean, think about this. Think about this. What, what the enemy means for evil. I want to put fear in Rosa's heart. I want to keep her home. I don't want her to speak anything. I want her to actually doubt her salvation. God turns it around and says, I'm going to use it for good. Right? Isn't that the song we sing? Isn't that the song we sing, Tall, right here? Right? I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory, right? Should I sing for you? I'm going to see your victory, right? He says, for the battle belongs to the Lord. Don't you just, I mean, who does the battle belong to? So, so again, guys, think about it. I'm going to see a victory. Okay. Can I get an amen? Okay. Listen. The reality is, it's easy to sing that song when things are good. You go to the cupboard, and you go to the fridge, and there's plenty of food in there. I'm going to see a victory. You go to your bank account and they paid you for work this week. I'm gonna see the battle. Car still starts. Yeah. Do you think Joseph sang this song as he's being transported to Egypt? Do you think he he quoted the lyrics being sold as a slave? Or being falsely accused or even thrown into prison. Here's our goal. You ready? Our goal is to sing this song no matter what in the world is going on. No matter what. Because the song says the battle belongs to who? To the Lord. You know what we're supposed to do? No, let's be sure. Just show up. Find where God is and show up. I'm here, God. What are you doing? I just want to join your team. I don't care what you're doing. I'm just, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Okay. I want to see a victory. God, you're going to move amazing. Think about Jeremiah for a moment. Pause. Think about Jeremiah. He preached and preached and preached and preached and preached and no converts. I wonder if he had a time like ours. 
I feel like we're preaching and preaching and preaching, man. We want to see people get saved. We, we want to, listen, help me out here, guys. There's one thing better than going to heaven. That's right. There's only one thing better than going to heaven. It's taking somebody with you. And we want to tell, listen, we want to get as many people to heaven as we can. Here's our goal. You ready? To depopulate hell and populate heaven. Okay? So how do we do that? We need to live what we believe. I'm going to show you something, too, because you're going to see it here. Okay? I want you to just think this in your mind. We need to live what we believe. We need to live what we speak. You guys with me? Okay, so file that here. Say, okay, more coming. That's, it'll be here tonight. More coming, okay? But our goal is to see no matter what. And that's where we pick up our story in chapter 39. Grab your Bibles, look at verse 1. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Now I want you to notice this verse. Everybody see that verse? What does it say? It says, Joseph was taken down to Egypt. Okay. Now, if you're taking notes, remember, Egypt in Scripture is always a type of the world. Egypt is always a type of the world. But I want you to know, what does the Bible say? The Bible says that he was taken down to Egypt. Down to Egypt. Okay? Joseph was taken down. Now listen, anytime you are headed to the world, it's just a downward path. It's a downward path, guys. Why? Can I just tell you this? The world is an ugly place. Now, I don't mean the planet and the beautiful sky. I, I, I mean the world and its system. And, and if you'll look at the news for just five seconds, if you'll look at the news for five minutes, all it's saying is man left to himself is evil. You have countries that want to destroy countries and rule them and rule the world. You don't believe me, do you? Go back to your days of cartoons. Go back to your days when you used to watch Saturday morning cartoons. What was the premise? The premise was always there was somebody who wanted to rule the world. This was the bad guy who wanted to rule the world. And we sat there eating our Cheerios going, huh. and we just soaked. And that's real. But there was always a good guy to come in and save the day, whether it was underdog or whoever else. Here's my point. The world, guys, is always opposite of the presence of God. Ben, that's a bold statement. Give me some scripture. Jot this down. Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. Do you guys remember? It said, but Jonah rose, where? To flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he's running from God. Jonah was running from God, right? And he went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarsus, so he paid the fare, and he went down into it to go with them to Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. Guys, think about this, okay? The world, the systems, it's always the opposite from the presence of the Lord. The other day we were vacationing 
and um, it was uh, just a very interesting scenario. And well, I got to be careful. I got to be careful how I say this. Let me just say. Let me just. Let me just back up and say. Be, we, we just got to be careful because the world is never a pretty place. You go, well, what's going on here? Well, Joseph is taken where, guys? To Egypt. Egypt is a type of the, okay? And so he's introduced to Potiphar, right? Potiphar. You guys know who Potiphar is, right? Well, guess what they named him? They named him, or, or basically he is one devoted to the sun, S-U-N, devoted to the sun. And I thought, oh, what a play on words. I think as believers, what? We should also be devoted to the sun, but not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. We need to be devoted to the sun. Okay? We need to be devoted to Jesus. What does that mean? Think about that. Well, we know that Potiphar, he's devoted to the S-U-N. He's an officer. Okay, here's what I want you to know. This is so important, okay? He was a eunuch. He was a eunuch. You go, Ben, <laughs> what exactly is a eunuch? Well, a eunuch is a man who has been castrated for service. Okay? So he was castrated for service. So he's a eunuch. You go, why is that important? It's very important, and I'll tell you why. I want you to think about this. If he is castrated for service into Pharaoh's court, it makes more sense why his wife had a longing affections towards Joseph. You guys with me? But here's an incredible principle okay, that I think we can learn. You go, what's that? In married life, we must render due affection to one another. Now, let me say this. Affection isn't always sex. It's, it's holding hands. It's hugging. It's kissing. It's, it's affection. You guys know what I'm talking about? You, you with me? And I think it's so important. Here's why. Because so many times we use that as a tool. Well, you better do what I say or you won't get any. That's not what believers do. Because all it does is it causes wandering eyes in both cases. If your wife doesn't feel like you've rendered due affection to her, there's somebody else out there who will do that. If your husband is like, man, you know what? I don't feel that affection. There's another woman out there going, boy, you're such a, you're so good looking. Oh, you think so? You know, and, but, but here's the point. The point is, is I believe Mrs. Potiphar wasn't getting the affection from Potiphar and it caused her to long for this 27-year-old. You said, Ben, I thought Joseph was 17. He was, but it's been 10 to 13 years since he got to Egypt. You're like, oh, I mean, I mean, that's a little bit different, isn't it, Rosa? Because you think a 17-year-old, no, no, he's just a baby. But 27-year-old, boy, he's looking okay. He's looking, Joseph is a good, well, well, let's see. Let's see. But let's go back to Potiphar for just a moment because it says he was the captain of the guard. If you're taking L, it means he was the chief of police. 
So here you have the chief of police, and here's who Joseph gets sold to. He could have been sold to anybody. But guess what? Old Joe ends up working for the chief of police, who's a eunuch, but he's married. Okay? But look at verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. So we know Potiphar is an Egyptian, but I want you to see something right here, and I want you to underline this verse, guys, please. Mark up your Bible. Why? Because it says the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Well, Ben, why is that important? Because I want you to note the order. You go, what do you mean? It says the Lord was with Joseph first, and then he was a successful man. Why is that important? Because the world tries to reverse the order. You go, what do you mean? They try to be a success without Jesus. They try to be successful. They want the limelight. They want the notoriety. They want the sex. I mean, the success. They want the fame and the fortune. But they want to do it on their own terms. But you know what the price of that is? The price is the Lord is not with them. Now, check this out. Check this out. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Ben, 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 Ben. But I know many people who've had a successful life without God. Hey, they, they've got money. They're millionaires. They've got everything they want. They, they, don't, they, they don't even acknowledge there's a God. But, but really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter how many millions you have in the bank. It doesn't matter what's going on. Let me just say this. You ready? A hundred years from now, nobody's going to care how successful you are. But they will remember that God was with you. They're going to remember that you were a devoted follower of the one true God and you bore his name. And like Enoch, you walked with God. That's what people are going to remember. See, guys, we don't understand the power we have to change the world. You go, I don't have the power to change the world. Are you kidding me? I can't even change a light bulb. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that your, your commitment to God has influenced the kid. And that changed the world. Your commitment to God. Adam, you bring up Jasper and the ways of the Lord. You're changing the world, man. You don't know what I, you don't know if Jasper's gonna be the next Billy Graham. I was like, I don't know, I just had, I just had a kid. I don't know. We I mean, you think but he's got jet too, and he's I mean, you understand. Well Ben, I, I'm I'm a little bit older. We just we don't have any but you can can change a life, man. Once you change a life, you've changed the world. Because now they're going to influence other people. And they're going to influence other people. And they're going to influence other people. Guys, think about this. Because Joseph is the master of the house, oh, how I want a heart like Joseph. Why? It seems like he didn't, he just did life to the very best he could. Guys, he was in Egypt for 11 to 13 years. We don't hear anything about that. 
but he had his eyes on God. Now, let me just say this. What if somebody prophesied and said, hey, this COVID thing, this, this new corona stuff, or, I mean, and everything else that's coming up down the pike, if you guys know what I'm talking about. I don't know where the, where the, the hornets went. But anyways, um, nonetheless, what if somebody said, hey, man, this is going to be around for the next 11 years? What's our reaction? Our reaction is, oh. Or is it, okay, God, these are new opportunities for me to embrace. Help me to keep my eyes on you. Help me to keep my eyes on you. Help me to make a difference in the world. That's, that's Joseph's heart. That's his heart. That's his heart, guys. He just, he just did life the very best he could. Oh, I want to learn that lesson. I want to do life this way. Why? Because others recognized it, and he was promoted. And he was promoted. Guys, think about this. This is how it works. You go with that. We just do life and we remain faithful to God. And what we do, we do to unto the Lord. If we serve in children's ministry, it's because we serve unto the Lord. If we serve in sound security worship team, it's unto the Lord. Why do you want to do this? Because I love Jesus. Why are you doing this? I love Jesus. Man, why do you fiddle them with them sticks, bro? Because I love Jesus. Right? That's, 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 and, and again, what happens is that now somebody steps back and goes, oh, okay. And then God lifts them up. Let me give you the prime example, Pastor So. I'm glad he's not in here because I didn't want to bet. But you, you realize who does most of the preaching when I'm not here? Pastor So. Do you know why? I'll tell you why. Pastor Soph has never once asked me, can I teach from the pulpit? Not one time. You know what he did? From the day he got here, all he did is serve quietly behind the scenes. He just served, just faithful. Served. He just served. And, and, I, and I saw that. I recognized that. He's an ordained pastor because he just... He allowed the Lord to lift him up. Honestly, that and, and that's why I said, guys, when God God requires us to be broken and humble, and then, and He says, man, listen, He tells us. Hey, you want to make a difference at your job? Be humble. Be a servant of all. Because the battle belongs to the Lord. Well, I don't. I didn't get the promotion. God knows. We're supposed to be getting a new building. That didn't happen. God knows. You know what? Okay. You know what I think? My God is so much better. He has something better for us. I just know it. I know it. I just know it. I just know it. I just know He has something so much way cooler. And then I'm going to be going, boy, if we'd have got that other building, I don't know. What well, well, would he's got something good for us? Why? Because he's not going to leave us out here to dry, guys. Oh, Ben, look at you! <laughs> oh, I forgot you were in Lubbock. Oh, Calvary Chapel, Lubbock. Ooh. Let me have a meeting with Gabriel. Gabriel, what happened? I forgot about. He's not doing that. He's saying, "I've got you." I've got you. It goes on in our text, and it says, 
And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord made all he did prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. And he made him an overseer of his house, and that all that he had put under his authority. And so it was from the time that he had made him an overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was all was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Guys, now let me just say this, okay? Because it's easy to read and go, well, there you go. God was with him and God blessed him. It took 11 years before he was now the master of the house. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is what I long for. Faithfulness is what I need. Faithfulness, guys. But it says that God was with Joseph. Now, let me just say this. For ten and a half years, God was like, no, I'm not with Joseph. And then the last time, no, God was with him from the time he was thrown in the pit, even before that. And let me just say this to you, man. If you take nothing away from this message, know that God is with you. And he's guiding your path and he's directing you. God is with you. He's always been with you. Now, notice with me in verse 3. It says, his master, okay, who's that? Who would that be in our COVID? Our boss or an employee? Our, our employer. He saw as Joseph served. He saw. Okay, here's what I want you to write down. This is how action, or how, this is the how equals action. The how equals action. You go, what do you mean? Well, Joseph found favor. How, everybody say How? By action. Okay? He didn't come in going, hey, listen, let me tell you what I could do, man. I've got it. Here's my resume. Man, I could do that. Man, I could turn this whole house upside down. This is awesome. No, all he did is serve. And his boss goes, oh, yeah, yeah. What happens? The text indicates something interesting, guys. You go, what's that? The text indicates that Joseph was not thinking about the past. And how his life changed. But the text indicates that he was thinking how he could serve God and his master in the current situation. This is good. This is good. Guys, in a stressful world, in a stressful time in our world, let us be thinking how we could serve God and others better. Guys, not focused on the past, but what we can do today. I mean, think about it. Don't be thinking about, man, I wish it was October 2019. Boy, that was a fun time. I remember December. We had Christmas. I mean, we used to be able to hug. I mean, I remember going to the basketball games. Let's not think about that anymore. Let's think, how can we serve God, right? How can we do this? You go, what do you mean? For example, food for those in need. Guys, the, the Lord has called us to be proactive. You know what proactive? Reactive is going, oh my gosh, what do we do? Proactive is going, okay, what if this happens again? You go, well, give me an example. Well, an example, if this happens again, here's what, here's what we're working on as a church. We want to set up home fellowships moving forward in August and September so that if this happens again, you still have the body of Christ to go to. If the government comes down and says, you cannot have church, we're going to have church. We're just going to do it a little bit different. Okay. So we're working on that. Number two, we're working on food. We want to have food ready to go for those who really need it, man. 
you, just because we live in, in a certain part of the world, we don't realize that there's a whole group of people who haven't gotten their job back or haven't, haven't caught up. Their rent is way behind. You guys know what I'm talking about? And they're going, man, listen, I, I just got to buy food. I can't pay this. I can't pay this. I mean, if this happens to us, what about those that we deem non-essential or they cut hours or anything else? I want to have food ready. I want to have food ready. I want to focus on what can we do to serve others, right? How do we serve the Lord, guys? We serve the Lord by serving each other. We serve the Lord by serving each other. Listen, people want to see what we do, not just what we say. Do you remember I told you to file that just a little bit later on? Remember, remember what's going on. Remember in our study in, in Sunday, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the world is reading us. And they don't we don't just want to come preaching. But we want to be living what we preach. We want to be living what we believe. I want to live what I believe. I love this. You go, what? It says the Lord was blessing Potiphar, the Egyptian, because of Joseph. Do you guys know how many, how many of your employees are being blessed because of you? You know that? Because you follow the Lord, because you, you honor Him. You honor Him in your life, in your marriage, in your giving. All of that stuff, God blesses your boss. It, it's, it's a biblical principle right here. Think about this. Potiphar, the Egyptian, was being blessed because Joseph was in there. We've got to have a different attitude, don't we? You go, what do you mean? We've got to go, man, praise the Lord. My boss can be a, you know, oh, she could drive me crazy. But praise the Lord that he's being blessed. Our problem is, is when we go, I don't like my boss. I think I could do better. I think I could. And we start chipping away at that and we start causing division. We need to, we need to just say, Lord, bless him. Bless him. I don't understand why he's making millions and I'm making pennies. Anybody ever say that? I don't understand why he's making all the money and I'm not, huh? All of you are going. You know what we're really saying? God, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're doing, God, because I should be making the millions and he should be making it. Really? You want to have that conversation with God? <laughs> I don't. Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. We can't manipulate God, can we? All we can do is say, God, I honor you. And direct me where I'm supposed to go. If this is the job you have me, let me be the best servant in that job. And when it's time for me to move from that job, help me to find another job that I can be. Listen, sometimes we think our jobs, sister, we think our jobs are just jobs. You know what they're? They're not jobs, they're mission fields. God's preparing you to go out into the mission field. Sister Becky had a mission field experience. Invited somebody to church on Sunday. Hope he comes. It's a mission field. Submission. Look at verse 6. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which, which he ate. Now Joseph was, ha oh, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. I mean, when the Bible steps out, it means Joseph was a good-looking young man. 
good looking. He, he was all right. He was all right. So what I think about Potiphar is Potiphar is going, man, he completely trusts Joseph for everything. And he didn't worry about anything. The only thing he worried about was what he ate. And Joseph was a very handsome, well, it, make, it, makes, sense. it makes sense, right? I mean, Joseph is handsome. Now, the scene changes into the home. But before we go there, I mean, we need to learn the lesson. You go, what's that? Well, Joseph changed from a tunic of many colors into what slaves would wear. Do you guys understand that? Remember, at 17, he's walking around going, yeah, dad gave me his authority. Now he's got on servant garbs, servant garbs, clothes. And you go, okay, so what's the lesson, right? Well, God now moved him and put him in a position to learn how to work so that he could learn humility and he could learn how to take orders. Ready? You can't be a good leader unless you're a good servant first. You cannot be a good leader until you've been in the trenches and you've been serving. This is what God's trying to do. Listen, the coat, amen, man, that's cool. But that's not your heart, Joseph. Your heart has to learn servanthood. Ooh, isn't this good? Peter talks about this, right? The Apostle Peter in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, listen to this. It says, likewise, the younger people, submit yourself to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Why? For God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. That's what Peter says. I love it. Why? Younger, young folks, man, submit yourself to your elders. Listen, you will start to die when you stop learning. I always like to learn. Right? This is the first example. A couple examples sitting right in front of me. Adam, this dude is like, how old are you, 30? 31! But he knows a lot on carpentry. He knows all this stuff. You know what? I'm not all, I'm not come You know what I said? I need to learn. That's so cool. He learned it from somebody. I could learn it from him. And listen, I'm twice, no, I'm not twice his age. I'm a little older than him. I'm, I'm like his older brother. But you, you understand that, right? And then I think of Jesse. Jesse back there, he knows stuff that I was just like, wow. I said, Pastor, all you have to do is this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh. yeah, okay, you just do it, Jesse. I'll, I'm fine. I'm good. I want to learn. And then Alex, I say, Alex, you got to, I mean, I've played the drums before, but you got to teach me. The point is, we can all learn something. We're all learning. Even our pastor Chuck, who's with the Lord Jesus now, guys, he, he continually learns. I mean, he's he's forgotten more Bible than I know. But he was always saying, Oh, I've never saw that before. You know, and then he's like he's like eighty, he was like eighty years old, you know. It's like, what do you mean? You've studied the Bible for like nine hundred years. Are you kidding me? But he was always learning. He's always learning. Yeah. I don't even know why we went there, but nonetheless, we need to we need to learn. Now listen, because Joseph was faithful in the small things, God promoted him to greater things. So just be faithful in the small things. Just be faithful. Guys, it's the same for us. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, it says, if you are faithful in the little things, 
you will be faithful in the large things. He says, but if you're dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with a greater responsibility. Be faithful. Okay, back to our text, verse 7. And it came to pass after these things that the master's wife, uh uh-oh, cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, lie with me. That's how she said it. Lie with me. Now, remember, her husband was a eunuch, but he still could render her affection. He still could hold her hand. He still could hug her. He could still, right? So why is she going after Joseph? Why is she going after Joseph? Well, he's a 27, 28-year-old, handsome, well-built young man. Let me drop a truth bomb on you guys, and I think it's so important, okay? Sometimes, listen, it's the forbidden fruit we crave. The things we can't have is the things we go after. Boy, it got quiet in here. It's the forbidden fruit. Back, I mean, think about it. Oh, I've already, I'm already married. I already, I already went after Nathalie. I already, I already hunted her down and I got her. We're married. But that girl, that's forbidden fruit. Oh. You gotta be so careful, guys. Because the same thing that attracted who? Adam and Eve, the forbidden. Don't have this is the very same thing. You gotta be so careful. All we know is Mrs. Potiphar said, hey, let's have sex. Now, I want you to put yourself in Joseph's sandals for a minute. What has he got to lose? What has he got to lose? Listen, he's in Egypt. He's got a good job, but who's going to find out? Are you going to tell? Probably. I'm not going to tell. All right. Not only am I getting paid, but I, you know what I'm saying? I think that's how the world thinks, right? That's how, can I... That's how the world thinks. But, 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 but think about this, right? What did Joseph do, right? Verse 8 says, But he refused and, and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has committed all things that he has to my hand. There was no one greater in this house than I, nor has he kept anything back from me but you, because you are his wife now. Or how then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Ooh, that's deep. Why? Because I think of Judah's, I, I think of Joseph's brother Judah. Judah was what? He was walking down and said, hey, look at that girl. Hey, how much? And, 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 and sleep with what he thought was a prostitute, which was actually his daughter-in-law. Tamar. Joseph has nothing to lose but his integrity is so amazing. He says, no, 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 no. Listen, he, I'm in charge of everything. And the only thing that's held back is you. You are, and, 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 and reminds her, you are his wife. You made a commitment. And how can I do this in sin against, he didn't say you or Potiphar. He said, how can I do this in sin against God? Why? Jot this down. All sin is against God. All sin is against God. Here's what I find interesting. Even though Joseph's a slave, a servant, his eyes are still on God. And of course, this is obviously a stark contrast to his brother Judah. 
But look at verse 10. So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day. Guys, you, you get the Steve Urkel on there? I'm wearing him down. Day by day, basically, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. That word to be with her is actually means in her presence. Like he would, he would go out of his way not to be in her presence. Because, man, it was just like, oh, my gosh. Lady, roll up. I mean, just she was just on and on and on. Joseph, come here, baby. Baby, lie with me. Come on. And he's just like, no. Now, ready? Cue the dramatic music. Dun, dun, dun. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work that none of the men were in the house were inside. And she caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. Now, some commentators believe, guys, that Mrs. Potiphar arranged that no one else would be in the house. Do you believe it? <laughs> I do. Jeez, she's a sneaky one. But she wanted Joseph. And she was willing to do it. So he comes in just to do his work. And guess what happens? Oh, no one else is in here. <laughs> Wait a minute. No one else is in here. What's our reaction? Is our reaction is, no one else is in here. Or, hey, no one else is in here. You know what Joseph did? Joseph said, no, 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 no. I gotta get out of here. The Bible says, the New King James, or the King James Version says, he got himself out of the house. He ran out of the house. He got to go. To go. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought this into us a Hebrew to mock us. He has come in to lie with me. And I cried out in a loud voice. In other words, she's going, He raped me. He was trying to rape me. Okay? And it happened when he heard that I lifted up my voice. And cried out that he left his garment with me, and he fled and went outside. What is he doing, guys, there? Falsely accusing Joseph. It's bad enough that he was in the pit, and he spent 11 to 13 years in Egypt, but now he's being falsely accused. He didn't do it. He was trying to act righteously. A few things jump out of this text, guys, is that she calls the very men that she had working outside She's calling to the world and to others. Hey, look, 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 look. Now, we know this is a flat-out lie, is it not? Why? Here's what I want you to just take with you. I mean, I think this is some, this, this is some solid application, okay, that you can take home with you. You go, what's that? The Bible told us inexplicably that God is with Joseph. Amen. But now we see that here he is being falsely accused. Yet he was persecuted and he was attacked. He was attacked and he was lied about. Somehow we we fall into what we call um, American Christianity or, or ideal Christianity. Well, God is with you all. You're going to have all good stuff happen to you. And we forget that there are times when 
as we follow Jesus, that even the world is going to go, hey, look at you and falsely accuse you. Well, no, you stole the money, or you did this, or you did that, or so forth. And yet you go, but God is with me. I know he's with me. I'm walking in the Spirit. I know. Let me just tell you this, guys, and you can jot this down. God doesn't always settle his accounts right away. God, why aren't you? God says, wait, 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 hold on. God doesn't always settle his accounts right away. He, he, he has the right time. I just thought about this. I just thought about this. Jesus said, guys, he said that, listen, back in John 16, verse 1 through 6, he said, these things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble, yet they will persecute you in the synagogue. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you would think he's offering God service. And so he, he actually warned us about being persecuted. Amen? And I just thought about, I mean, as this world is, is barreling down towards a, kind of a one-world government, a one-world currency, all of that stuff, do you realize that the only thing that's standing in its way is you? You realize that when they talk about vaccines and they talk about this and they talk about that, the only thing that's standing in the way of what they want, whoever they are, is you. And what's the best way is to, same thing that Jesus told us. He says, hey man, persecution can come our way. Guys, we're, we're just a remnant in here. We're just a handful of believers. But think about it. For such a time as this, God said, man, listen, I've got all of you right here. Okay, you ready? Okay, you, you could be persecuted. You know that I could go to jail for preaching the Bible? And we're headed that way, aren't we? We're headed that way. It starts slowly. It starts slowly. Let's say, oh, well, well, that offends me. Oh, well, that offends me. Or, you know? Remember when you were little, you said, you know, what, what, what was the magic word that you used to say to get what you wanted? What's the magic word? Please. That's how you're brought up. You know what it is today? I'm offended. It's changed. Okay, it's just a joke. Everybody calm down. Breathe. It's just a joke. But the point is, let's be careful, guys, because persecution could come our way. Well, it says in verse 16, So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him the words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought home to us came in to mock me. And so it happened as I lifted my voice and I cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So, so it was when his master heard the words which his wife had spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner. It says that his anger was aroused. Now, here's the question we've got to ask. Who was he mad at? Was he mad at Joseph? Or did he have a sneaking suspicion that his wife was doing this? The text doesn't state the object of Potiphar's anger, guys, but perhaps suggesting that Potiphar may have had a suspicion about his Most commentators go, yeah, you know what? Potiphar knew. Maybe some of the other men said, hey, Potiphar, man, 
wasn't only the first time that happened to Joseph. Maybe it was happening before. Maybe there was other people in prison because of this. Because Joseph, there was obviously an opening <laughs> in this position. Just, just make things that make you go, hmm. Guess what happens, guys, as we close? You know, what's that? Now Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor to the side of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in prison. So Joseph got promoted in prison. He got promoted. Listen, he got thrown in prison, and I'd be whining and crying, going, are you kidding me? And God's like, no, listen, I'm still with you. I've got a plan for your life. He's going to go from the pit to the prison. He's going to go from the pit to the prison. Now, next week, we're going to continue on as we, as we see what God's going to do. So you want to be here next week. You definitely want to be here because Joseph's life has been it's so, it's so encouraging and so engaging. But what we want to do now, guys, is, is something that we haven't done in a long, long time. And that's partaking communion. The end of the sermon, remember, and part of closing was, guys, let's, 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 Let's embrace a new opportunity to see what God wants for us. But in order to do that, we need to be right with God. And so sometimes when we walk in a world, we get dirty just a little bit. We get dirty. There's some, oh, man, yeah. And we sin. And we, uh, and so we come here and we have the opportunity to go, Lord, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. See, communion is such, such an amazing and spiritual thing because what it is, guys, is that you're, guys, you're proclaiming the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, let me just say this. If you're not a Christian in here tonight, if you're not a believer, this is something for believers. But see, if you're not a Christian and you want to be, you say, man, Pastor, you were saying some stuff and I, I want to give my life to you. Then this is all for you. Listen. It's an open communion. It's for us. It's for believers. It's to celebrate. But you know what we're going to celebrate? The most important thing is Jesus coming back. That's what we're celebrating. So when we take the cup, we just the band's going to just lead us in worship. And here's what we need to do so we can maintain social distancing. You can just kind of come up six feet apart, and you can grab yours, and you can just spend time in there. I don't know how many songs you can do. Could you do a couple? Just, just going through. But I never want to leave an opportunity, guys, when we're in God's Word, to give you an opportunity to surrender your love. Now, I know we're not live streaming, but we are, we are recording for podcasts, and our podcasts go all over the world. And so I only want to give you and those an opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. And so maybe you're here tonight, and the invitation is really simple. Listen, you're not right with God, and you want to be. In other words, 
if you were to die tonight, or in my dream, the clouds opened up, the heavens shook, the world shook, and Jesus came back for us, would you go? Well, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I have a relationship with God. Some of us, we sit and we go, man, I, I feel like, you don't understand, Ben, I feel like I'm, I'm like, I don't even know if I should be in this church. I feel that far from God. Listen, you're only one decision away from Jesus. And he's opening up his arms and he said, man, come. I want all of you. Listen, the best thing about heaven is taking somebody with you. And you go, well, you mean, what do you mean I get to go to heaven? Well, if you give your life to Jesus Christ right now, tonight, you can say yes to him. He'll come into your life. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you a brand new life, man. And he'll begin to walk with you every single day. That's the beauty. It's the great exchange. You give him your old heart, he gives you a brand new one. And then you start to think differently. You start to act differently. Things have changed. Listen, it's a walk, so yeah, you'll make mistakes, but but you're saved. You're saved. And, And your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And when you die, he'll open up those books and he'll say, oh, yep, there you are. Come on in. But without Jesus, your name's not written. And how sad it would be for us to stand before a holy God and go, hey, is my name there? And he's like, I'm sorry. My name's not here. The Lord, the Lord. There's nothing I can do now. But tonight you have that opportunity. As long as we're still breathing, you have that opportunity. Now, again, I'm preaching to the choir because normally on Wednesday night it's it's all of us saved, but but there might be somebody listening who needs to do this. So let's pray, and we'll go into music. And while we're praying, guys, um, this is kind of different because normally we have communion up here and we and we've prepared. So this is this is really on you. This is really on you. Father, we thank you tonight for your word, and we thank you for Joseph, Lord. Thank you for all the wonderful truths. And here's my prayer, God. If there's anybody here right now that doesn't know you, hasn't made a commitment to follow you, God, maybe struggling right now, maybe it's just like, are you kidding me? Lord, I thank you for them anyway. And I pray for them right now, God, that you would, your spirit would speak to their heart, that they would, they would let go of the fear and the doubt, Lord, and embrace who you are. And if you're listening via podcast, all you have to do is just open up your heart right now and say yes to Jesus. With every eye closed and every head bowed, just want to give you an opportunity. If there's anyone here that has never surrendered their life to Jesus, has never made that commitment to God, is not saved. Is not saved. Doesn't doesn't know if their name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But tonight you go, man, I want that. Right? With every eye closed, nobody looking around. If that's you, you can just lift up your hand and you can say, Pastor Ben, pray for me. I, I want Jesus to come into my life. I want to be saved. This is a serious thing. This is a serious. This is between you and God. And all you have to do is just surrender your life to Jesus. Is there anyone here tonight that's not right with God, but you want to be? All you have to do is just lift up your hand and I'll pray for you. Father, I thank you, God. You always want to give an opportunity. You're still working, you're still moving, you're still saving.
get ready to take you in the We just ask that you would just have a good night. We love you. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.